Ananias and Sapphira, two notorious names in the early church and a reminder of a good deed gone bad. Like Barnabas, Ananias and Sapphira sold personal property, giving the proceeds to the Lord and to serve the ministry of the church. However, unlike Mr. Encouragement, the married couple lied about the transaction and the amount they gave. When the apostles caught wind of it, Peter rebuked them, saying, Why have you contrived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. When two liars in the church fell dead in the sanctuary, the Bible says, great fear came upon the whole church. Indeed, a powerful lesson in money, lies, and the fear of God. I'm Ron Jones, and this is Something Good. It's one of the most shocking stories in the entire New Testament, and it comes your way next on today's edition of Something Good. Hello, I'm Brian Davis. Thanks for being here for today's message with Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Things seemed to be going quite well for the early church. People were being saved. The body of Christ had a strong community life. And then the unthinkable happened. Ron has the full story straight ahead as he continues his teaching series, A.D. Acts of the Apostles. Stay with us now or drop by somethinggoodradio.org to listen to the broadcast on your schedule. That's somethinggoodradio.org. You can also subscribe to the podcast at Apple Podcasts, at Spotify, or wherever you get yours. Now from Acts chapter 5, here's Ron with today's Something Good Radio message, Money, Lies, and the Fear of God. Well, Wall Street is the place where many investors go to uh, boost their profits and to increase their wealth. Uh, most investors know that when you go to Wall Street, you can find one of two kind of market conditions. One, of course, is you're in a bull market. The other is a bear market. We've all heard of the bulls and the bears. Uh, the bull market, more generally than not, is a uh, a time of optimism, a time of increase in, in profits and prices and all of that, the bear market, just the opposite of that, a time of pessimism, a time when prices and profits and values are, are decreasing. But sophisticated investors know that during a bull market where everything is up and to the right, uh, that there are times when the market corrects. Doesn't mean that it's going into a bear market, requires 20% correction, sustained for three months before analysts say, now we're in a bear market. But a bull market kind of goes up and down and up and down, and there are sometimes corrections in the market. And you have to kind of, you know, uh, deal with the corrections and have the stomach for the corrections. But overall, in a bull market, everything is up and to the right and going well. We're not here to talk about Wall Street this morning. I say this because a few weeks ago when we started our series in the book of Acts, I said, you know, the start of the early church, if it were a stock, it would have been a great one to buy because as an initial public offering, boom, this thing exploded. And we had 3,000 people come to know Jesus Christ on the first day, on the day of Pentecost, the first sermon that Peter preaches. Two chapters later, he preaches his second sermon, and the Scripture says, 5,000 more were added. I mean, this stock is off into the stratosphere. But then we come to chapter 5 of the book of Acts, and there's a correction. There's a correction. 
Something happens that makes everybody go, whoa, wait a minute. You know, are we in a bull market or is this the beginning of a bear market, spiritually speaking? I'm talking about Acts chapter 5, beginning in verse 1. It says, but a man named Ananias with his wife Sapphira sold a piece of property And with his wife's knowledge, he kept back for himself some of the proceeds and brought only a part of it and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back for yourself part of the proceeds of the land? While it remained unsold, did it not remain your own? And after it was sold, was it not at your disposal? Why is it that you have contrived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to man, but to God. When Ananias heard these words, he fell down and breathed his last. And great fear came upon all who heard it. The young men rose and wrapped him up and carried him out and buried him. After an interval of about three hours, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. And Peter said to her, tell me whether you sold the land for so much. And she said, yes, for so much. And Peter said to her, how is it that you have agreed together to test the Spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out. Immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. And when the young men came in, they found her dead, and they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. And here's the understatement of the year. And great fear came upon the whole church and upon all who heard of these things. Wow, what a story. Everything was going great in the early church. Thousands, some even estimate tens of thousands when you add in the women and children, tens of thousands of people coming to faith in Christ. I mean, this is, this is a, an incredible ride. And then this happens, a correction Uh, The judgment of God falls upon this couple named Ananias and Sapphira uh, because, well, they lied about something. They they engaged in deception. We would call them the first hypocrites of the church, posing to be something other than what they really were. And it all had to do with the donation that they made uh, that they lied about. I remember back in 1986, Alan Greenspan was the uh, Fed chairman during the Reagan years. And the economy was doing really, really well, and everything in the market was up. And uh, when the Fed chairman spoke, Wall Street typically listened, and uh, Alan Greenspan dropped a couple of words into a uh, speech he was giving that made all of Wall Street kind of wake up and uh, go into shock. He, he described the market as having uh, a characteristic of irrational exuberance. I don't know if you remember that or not, but... You know, when Alan Greenspan said that, these shockwaves rolled across Wall Street. He was saying the market was too hot. It was a bull market, but it was too hot, and everybody put on the brakes. Well, I wonder sometimes when I read Acts chapter 5 whether the Lord God of heaven was looking down and seeing a little bit of unholy and irrational exuberance in the church, and he had to correct the church. He corrects them. It reminds me of 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16 that tells us that the Word of God uh, is inspired, that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it's profitable for teaching, 
for reproof, and for correction. And sometimes uh, we need the Lord to correct us. Um, Hebrews chapter 12 calls it uh, the kind of discipline that a father would give to his children. Uh, a good father, a good, good father uh, disciplines his children and, and corrects his children. And Hebrews chapter 12 says, if you're not a child of God, uh, maybe one of the indications that you're not is you've never been disciplined or corrected by the Lord. But if you've ever been on the receiving end of the Lord's discipline and correction, that, that is an indication. You are, in fact, a child of God because a good father does that just like an earthly father corrects and disciplines his kids. Well, the early church was receiving the Lord's correction, His discipline, and it was a sobering, sobering moment. Can you imagine arriving to church that day and they're carrying out two dead bodies and you're like, what's going on here? What's what's with the hearse out there? And you learn about this couple named Ananias and Sapphira who, who made a donation. They sold a piece of property. And they brought the proceeds, they gave it to the church, but they lied about the cost of that property and how much they made and how much they gave. And the Lord said, no, we we can't allow such hypocrisy and such deception uh, to corrupt the body of Christ in that way. Uh, Again, it's a sobering, sobering story, and uh, it puts the brakes on a little bit, you know. In the midst of this bull market, as it were, there's a correction a correction that comes to the church and to the body of Christ. Well, what can we learn from this today? I think there are four lessons that I just want to share with you this morning. Uh, The first has to do with generosity and money. Remember, this is money, lies, and the fear of God. Generosity is evidence of real faith. And uh, I really don't want to say a whole lot more than that other than to Uh, point out the fact that this story about Ananias and Sapphira in Acts chapter 5, verses 1 to 11, stands in contrast to what we read in chapter 4 in verses 32 through the end of the chapter, verse 37. Because uh, chapter 4, verses 32 to 37, gives us another glimpse into the early life of the early church. And it's all about the generosity of the church. Uh, They were generous. They had things in common. They took care of one another. And then it highlights one one man's generosity. It says in verse 36, Thus Joseph, who was also called by the apostles Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, a Levite, a native of Cyprus, sold a field that belonged to him and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. And we say, way to go, Barnabas. Mr. Encouragement, the son of encouragement that he is, He encourages people by his generosity. And the way Luke arranges this material under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit is meant for us to compare and contrast what Barnabas did to what Ananias and Sapphira did. Because we learn this about Barnabas at the close of chapter 4. Chapter 5, we get the Ananias and Sapphira story. And the not-so-subtle implication is be like Barnabas, not Ananias and Sapphira. All right? Generosity. Uh, was what characterized the early church. Their response to the resurrection of Jesus Christ impacted their personal economy. How can it not? You're on the receiving end of the grace of God and His generosity towards you in Jesus Christ. That should, at some level, produce a, 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 a different response in the way you manage 
the money that God has entrusted to you. If you're not becoming more and more generous with what God has entrusted to you, you, you need to examine yourself and examine your, your response to this thing called the gospel and the grace of God. Don't go away. We're only about halfway through today's message with Dr. Ron Jones. Today's teaching is part of Ron's series, A.D. Acts of the Apostles. Visit our updated website, somethinggoodradio.org, for more information on this series or to hear any of Ron's daily messages on demand. That's somethinggoodradio.org. When you stop by, check out something new from Dr. Ron Jones we're calling Something Good Television. SGTV is a weekly broadcast featuring Ron's Bible teaching ministry. If you're looking for Bible teaching for everyday life, Something Good Television is the place to go. Stop by to check out the sample episodes at somethinggoodradio.org. In Psalm 51, King David says to God, It is against you and you alone that I have sinned. We see this same truth revealed in the story of Ananias and Sapphira. Here's Ron with the rest of today's Something Good Radio message, Money, Lies, and the Fear of God. Makes me think of the story of Zacchaeus in Luke chapter 19. Remember wee little Zacchaeus? You know, he, was, he was a chief tax collector, the Bible says. A chief tax collector. I take that to mean he had other tax collectors working for him. Kind of had a franchise business. And he was very rich, the Scripture says. The way they collected taxes back in the you know, Roman government was that they would, they would get, the tax collector would get what was due Rome, and then they put a premium on top. And if you were a really good tax collector, you got a pretty good you know, premium for yourself. And Zacchaeus had done a good job with that and all the other tax collectors that worked for him, and, and he had become a very rich man. But one day Jesus was coming through town, and we little Zacchaeus climbed up in that sycamore tree to get a, a, a view of Jesus. And he was taken by him. He invited Jesus over to his house for dinner. And Jesus said of Zacchaeus, today salvation has come to your household. Okay? Jesus looked at Zacchaeus and, and recognized saving faith in Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus' response was, Lord, half of my goods I will now give to the poor. And if I've defrauded anybody in my business, I'll restore them fourfold. <laughs> when when Zacchaeus met Jesus, it transformed his finances, his personal economy. And that's all I really want to say about this. As we read the story of Ananias and Sapphira, although the primary reason the judgment of God fell and the correction came was not that they were lacking in generosity, it was because they lied. Although that's the primary reason uh, there is a lesson in generosity here because of the relationship to the, the Barnabas story here. There's a second lesson, though, I think we can learn from this, and that is that integrity matters. This was the primary reason that judgment fell upon Ananias and Sapphira, not, not because they, they should have brought all of the proceeds, but because they lied about what they brought. And, and, and God doesn't put up with such things. Peter said to Ananias in verse 3, Why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back for yourselves part of the proceeds of the land? You have not lied to man. You've lied to God. I mean, Peter just elevates uh, the seriousness of what had happened here. 
Like Barnabas, Ananias and Sapphira had a piece of property. Like Barnabas, they sold that piece of property. Barnabas brought the proceeds in full. That was his choice. There was no obligation to bring all of it. Ananias and Sapphira sold the piece of property, brought the proceeds to the apostles, and made them believe that here was the price that they sold it for, and they brought all of the proceeds. The reality was, no, they sold it for a much higher price and brought only a portion. Now, there was no obligation for them to bring all of it or any of it, for that matter. Giving in the New Testament is voluntary. It should be a voluntary response of our faith and, 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 and our response to the generosity of God and the, and, and the uh, grace of God in our lives. But there was no obligation for them to sell this piece of property and bring all of the proceeds. But when they did, they said, boy, we, we, we want some of the accolades that Barnabas got. And they lied about it. And Peter says, you're not lying to me. You're not lying to all your brothers and sisters in Christ. You're, you're lying to the Holy Spirit. You're lying to God. And we don't stand for that around here. I remember when I was in seminary, one of my professors reminded us many, many times that ministry is a character business. It's a character business. And, and it, it made all of us just kind of, you know, press the pause button a little bit and say, you know, can... Can I really enter into this thing? You, you can go be a, a, a widget seller or get, be in some kind of a business out there be, and be a scoundrel, you know, just kind of walking carefully the, the line between something that is illegal and unethical, you know. You, you, never, you never fall into the illegal side, but, boy, you, know, you just wonder how ethical this is. And you can do your business that way and be successful and make a lot of money and be just fine, not in the, not in the ministry. It's a character business first. Whether you're vocationally in the ministry as I am or whether you're a volunteer in the church, it's all a character business. And integrity matters. Integrity, character, yes, competence. I, I, I could hire somebody or find a volunteer who has great character but no competence, and there, there's, there's one problem you have there, or you have the opposite, somebody you know, with uh, great competence but lacking in character, boy, that's a train wreck waiting to happen, okay? It's a character business, and integrity matters. Uh, not perfection, because none of us is perfect, right? But a person of integrity deals honestly with his mistakes, uh, with his sin, um, keeps short accounts with God in confessing his sin and repenting of it, and this is the example that we even have in the Old Testament with King David. And we're all familiar with David's shortcomings, right? But Asaph, one of the other psalmists, writes this about David, Psalm 78 and verse 73. So David shepherded them according to the integrity of his heart, and he guided them with his skillful hands. There's character and there's competence. Boy, that's, that's when you know you got a leader. Uh, whether it's a paid staff member or a volunteer, when you have both character and competence, you've got a, you've got a, a winning combination there. And we're all growing. Uh, David made his mistakes, but the New Testament assessment looking back on David was that he was a man after God's own heart. You say, how can that be with the whole Bathsheba thing? Because eventually he dealt honestly with his sins, he was forthright about it, and, and, and he, you know, 
He took his consequences, as it were, and he got right with God and confessed his sins. And not a perfect man, but a blameless man. A blameless person is somebody who deals honestly with his sins. And, and this is how we maintain our integrity, okay? That's an important lesson here. Ananias and Sapphira lied. And this was the beginning of something great in the local church. And if the Lord looked the other way on this, uh, there's no telling uh, how, how that would have eventually corrupted uh, the entire church. Here's a third lesson that I jotted down this week, and that is that the devil is always looking for an opportunity to attack. Uh, notice back again in verse 3, uh, Peter says, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart? Isn't it interesting that Peter introduces the devil into the mix here? Peter's seeing with spiritual eyes. He, he's seeing what the Apostle Paul wrote about in Ephesians chapter 6, that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Our enemy is not one another. It's not a physical person. Uh, but we wrestle against principalities and powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world. Uh, Peter saw this as an attack on the church from a dark spiritual realm, from Satan himself. You know, Satan is always hard at work looking for ways to attack you. He may come as an angel of light, but his end game is always the same. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy. We'll pick it up right here tomorrow when Ron continues his teaching series, A.D. Acts of the Apostles. Hello friend, I'm Ron Jones of Something Good Radio. If you've been with us for a while, if you're a regular listener and God is using this broadcast in your life, I wanna speak directly to you. When you first tuned in or streamed Something Good, did you know that other people paid to air that program? We call them our ministry partners. They have people just like you in mind when they donate monthly to Something Good which is a 100% listener-supported ministry. Now that you're a regular listener, will you do the same? Will you help us share something good with someone else? We created the 828 Club for people who choose to partner with this ministry through prayer and monthly financial support. It's based on Romans 828, which in the message says, every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. I'm asking you to prayerfully consider joining the 828 Club today by giving $28 or more per month to share something good with someone else. And when you do, we'll send you some resources to help you grow in your relationship with God. It's our way of saying thanks for your partnership in this gospel ministry. So please join the 828 Club today. Here's Brian with all the details. For the body of Christ to fulfill the Great Commission, it takes partnership. It always has always will. Today, Ron wants to invite you to join him in sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ through the Something Good radio broadcast. When you partner with us, we'll start by sending you a copy of Ron's book, Mysteries of the Afterlife, Exploring Its Amazing Secrets. Other 828 Club benefits will arrive throughout the year. To join the 828 Club today, look for Something Good Partners at somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Or call 757-276-1099. If you can't become a partner but would like to make a donation to Something Good Radio today, we'll be happy to send you the complete audio download of the series you're hearing now, AD Acts of the Apostles. 
Make a donation online at somethinggoodradio.org or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23456. You can also call our offices at 757-276-1099. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 31 does say, It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Hebrews 12, 28 Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, and thus let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. And a lot of times we don't like to hear that. You know, as uh, believers in Jesus, we want to hear that He's a good, good God who loves us but is never going to correct us, never going to discipline us. Well, that's not the God of the Bible. That's not even a good earthly father. That's tomorrow in part two of Dr. Ron Jones' message, Money, Lies, and the Fear of God. Join us then for Something Good. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis saying God bless and thanks for listening.